Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Phillips Levin of the 1012 Podcast here. Have you been listening to this show for a while and thought, you know, if that guy can do this, then so can I? Well, you're, you're probably right. And it's worth giving a shot. The one question you're going to ask yourself is, how do I get my podcast out for everyone to listen to on iTunes, on Spotify? Well, you're going to need a hosting site. And if I may make a suggestion, go with Anchor. It's easy and it's free, which is great for podcast hobbyists uh, who aren't exactly expecting this to make a lot of income, especially starting out. Anchor is fantastic. Anchor by Spotify is the easiest way to make a podcast with everything you need in one place. It has the tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. And when hosting on Anchor, you can distribute your show on listening platforms like we mentioned Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and more. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. And again, it is totally free. It's fantastic. It is what we use. And if it's what we use, it's what we're going to suggest to others. So download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Again, that is the Anchor app or anchor.fm to get started with your podcast. Welcome to the 1012, the podcast that covers all 10 teams in the Big 12 Conference. I'm your host, Philip Slavin. Thank you for joining us today. Got a very nice interview coming up here in a bit with Sam Herter, uh, talking about the Big 12's matchups with the FCS this coming fall. Like, I'm not going to do individual game breakdowns, so we might as well just put it all into one uh, big lump sum. Sam Herter, very nice guest, covers FCS. Does a really good job of it, by the way, for Eurosports. So uh, that's coming up in a minute. Uh, before we get to that, a couple of things I want to address. Uh, a, there's some rumors that the Big 12 title game may get, be getting pushed back a week. Um, that that's something that's being considered. That is huge news. I I don't even know if we're going to have a Big 12 title game, let's all be perfectly honest. Like, it, even talking about pushing back is a big thing. Uh, so that's absolutely something to keep an eye on and a story to follow as it continues to develop. But, but, but there's two stories I really want to get to or two things that have been on my mind I really want to talk about. Andy Mitz, my good friend and, and occasional and sometimes co-host joining me here. Andy, uh, obviously one of the the big stories from last week that we didn't get to get to on Monday's episode, uh, a new bowl sponsor, not in the Big 12, uh, but it's the, it's the Duke's Mayo Bowl uh, that will be between, I believe, an ACC and Big 10 team. And if ever there is a bowl game that should literally have Duke and Indiana in it, um, that would be it, is the Duke's Mayo Bowl. And it got me to thinking, what are some, you know, the Big 12 has the Cheez-It Bowl, which is risen up in its in its level of what least the sponsor has of, of importance in the bowl pecking order and i just we love fun bowl names you know it's it's such a it's almost like minor league baseball team names there's just something really kitschy and fun and awesome about them but what kind of sandwich toppings would we like to see uh as 
bowl sponsors for a Big 12 bowl. And Andy, you and I kind of put some lists together. What was that? What were some of the ones that you came up with? So, so the first thing that came to mind, and I have no idea why this is the first thing that came to mind, but I was thinking Subway and not Subway in general being a sponsor, but just their sweet peppers. Because, you know, whenever I actually go to Subway, like that's the one thing I absolutely have to get on my sandwich. I, I started, like I found those probably about three months ago and I've gone more, more often than I want to admit. Um, but that's like the one thing that is just perfect. And it's one of those things like, no matter, no matter what you think of Subway, that's one of those little hidden gems that, uh, that you can find. And every, every sandwich place has one of those. Um, so like if we're going like the, the corporate restaurant route, like that's the way to do it. Not the whole, the whole company, just those, those sweet peppers there. Yeah, no, that's good. Um, so, so my, my philosophy when, when trying to pick something was, you know, a new trend in bowls is to dump upon the winning head coach, not Gatorade, but something related to uh, the sponsor, the, the potato bowl. They dump French fries. Uh, I would love to see someone dump an entire Gatorade thing of mayonnaise on the winning coach for the mayo bowl. But then I started thinking, okay, so what kinds of things would I like to see dumped on a head coach? Number one came up was, was, was sliced pickles because that just sounds awful. And while there's not a great uh brand name as far as pickles go for sandwiches by the way there is one there's like the big daddy individual ones like the big those are just silly uh but the idea of like vlasic stackers kosher dill pickles and you just have a big old like who doesn't want a pickle sponsor and that's just like the the jokes there are going to be endless and a giant water jug of pickles getting dumped on a head coach can you imagine Gary uh, Patterson having pickles dumped all over? Because of course, this would be like a bowl game in in Phoenix that TCU or Kansas State would be in against like Arizona. Yeah, yeah, like the Vlasic Bowl, like that would be one. Just like the the puns with the word Vlasic and classic. Um, but then I'm just imagining each sideline for that game having a gigantic like Gatorade cooler sized jar of pickles where it's clear and you can see them inside, and just them trying to kind of sneak that over. <laughs> towards the end of the game like I'm, I'm imagining all of that now another one that really that really kind of hit me um you know a, kind of a sandwich topping that uh that it would be perfect for like a midwest bowl game um would be jardinera and you know that's uh it's, it's really big in chicago so if they could have like a chicago-based bowl or something like that like it would be the perfect sponsor for that and so i went and i was trying to look and see what brands would be perfect for this and of course the one that jumped out to me uh, because it's honestly the most hilarious sounding one would be Bunyan's hot jardinera. <laughs> and just, just having a, you know, the Bunyan's bowl just sounds like it'd be absolutely fantastic. <laughs> the Bunyan's bowl. That's disgusting. And I love it. Like that's, that's just gross. And I, and I need that. We need that in our life. Um, okay. Sticking so with my theme of things I want to see dumped on someone's head. Uh, coleslaw. Now, again, there's nothing as good as a Bunyan's. Uh, I've done a nice search for brands, but I'll, I'll take Fresh Express Bowl uh, with just coleslaw. And I don't, not not dry, not just the lettuce. Like this needs to actually be prepared like side dish at a barbecue restaurant coleslaw. And now if you can find a barbecue place that wants to be a sponsor and will dump coleslaw on the winning coach's head, uh, that also will work for me because you can have a, a barbecue sandwich as opposed to a topping. Uh, there is a brand of coleslaw called... Uh, it's just dressing. It's Jimmy's. You can have the Jimmy's bowl, the Jimmy's coleslaw bowl. Not a bad idea. I will take that. You know, actually, I was just looking through some other brands, and this one jumped out because this one would be even better. There is actually a brand called the Potbelly brand hot peppers. You know how most bowls have their own mascot? 
I can just imagine a potbelly pig wearing like a sweater that's really, really too short for it with a huge potbelly sticking out underneath. You know, that would be absolutely perfect. Now that's that's more hot peppers as opposed to jardinera, but but I think that that would work really well too. Uh, okay, so we both had the one that had to have, of course, because I need those classic '90s commercials rolling through the game. That's great, Poupon. Of course, like you, you can't have a bowl game with sandwich toppings that's not great, Poupon. Exactly, like, it's classic. I need it, and I need, and I don't care if you recreate the commercials with like Peyton Manning or or someone along that line. That's fine, or like the entire cast of a Judd Apatow film, but. Like James Franco seems like someone who would be recreate, and Seth Rogen seemed like a perfect recreation for the Grey Poupon ad just to be a spoof. Or just have the whole Manning need, family in it. I mean, I like that would be absolutely uh, hilarious. The brothers passing by in, in their in their stretch limos, passing off the Grey Poupon classic '90s style. Uh, and I want I'm gonna end with this one because one last topic, and I, the coleslaw led me to sauerkraut, and there's a company called Bubby's Sauerkraut. Okay, the Bubby's Bowl sounds fantastic and again the notion of sauerkraut which i don't like i mean look i love brats and and i I have tried over and over again i'm not a sauerkraut guy i can't do it which also makes it sound even more fun to the idea of sauerkraut getting dumped on tom herman's head like that's just i mean come on that's a that's an image i think we could all get behind is tom herman with sauerkraut all over yeah one one of the things that makes me wonder like where that would be because you know when i when i'm thinking of bowls i also want to think about like where it makes sense to actually have them i don't i'm not really even sure where they're based um but but bubby sounds really close to like bubba so i'm like imagining like a deep south but some place that has a whole bunch of german immigrants because it's sauerkraut like I, I don't know where it would be but there's definitely some potential there um you know to stick that in the deep south where where you have people mispronouncing the name and calling it bubba sauerkraut as well <laughs> Okay, now I'm on a research mission to find out where Bubby's is from. Uh, started in 1989. They have a number of practice uh, of, of products. Bubby's Fine Foods. Oh, it looks like they're out in Ventura, California. 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 Oh, California. Not man. what I thought of. I would have, I would have leaned towards if you wanted the most like southern thing you could do as far as bowl games. I don't necessarily always think of Texas as the South. It is, but it's not. It would be the Liberty Bowl in Memphis because like that's where I'm going to get the sauerkraut bowl or the definitely the coleslaw bowl. If you want to do it in Memphis, that seems right. There's barbecue all over the places. Mm. Yep, sounds good. Okay, um, maybe we should have saved the funny for later. Um, I, I asked you a question, and, and this was another topic that's been coming up. You know, Mike Gundy definitely, uh, definitely in some trouble in Stillwater. I don't want to get into the whole thing. If you don't know what's going on by now, um, congratulations on waking up from your coma. Um, we're glad you're back with us. Uh, just Google Mike Gundy and you'll understand. A uh, new article by Pete Thamel that um, I don't want to get into because it made me grumpy and angry and really unhappy. We, at this point, the two most, the two longest tenured coaches in the Big 12, both Gundy, uh, Mike Gundy and Gary Patterson. And, and at some point, both programs are going to have to replace them. Uh, we're definitely on the downward slide for both guys. Um, this we are, we are far from the beginning, far from the peak, and far closer to the end for both. Um, but it started getting me to wonder, especially with everything going with Mike Gundy, and, and, and I had for some time thought that he would probably stick around at Oklahoma State until his son uh, Gunner played, and he's, he's going to join the team as a, as a walk-on freshman next season. But I'm really starting to wonder if he's going to make it for another five years. Um, Andy, who do you think is most likely to be out at their current school sooner, Mike Gundy 
or Gary Patterson? Yeah, I mean, it's a really good question because both of them you could see getting run out of town next year if things don't go well for one reason or another. Um, but you could also kind of see them hanging on. Like Gary Patterson, if he's going to be gone, I think it's going to be more performance related in terms of, you know, having another bad season, stringing, you know, two really bad seasons together in a row or something like that where, you know, because, because they have quarterback issues because they're dealing with all the offensive coordinator issues. Like they're dealing with a lot of turmoil on the field. Whereas Gundy, I mean, especially after what's come out recently, he is very likely to stick his foot in his mouth and do something else that's stupid and really not make the change and, you know, get a mutiny from his, from his, his players. And so like, there's a very real possibility that, that next week, even Mike Gundy could do something stupid, show that he hasn't really learned from anything that's happened so far. Um, and they decide they want to go ahead and get rid of him because they just can't handle the bad publicity anymore. So like, I think if I think if Gundy, because on the field he's definitely a whole lot better. If we have a season this year and they're as good as they're expecting to be this year, like I think that really helps him unless he just completely steps in something um, and gives him a much better opportunity. Patterson, I think, is out as soon as he has another two-year stretch where they don't go to a bowl game. Um, you know, like I, I think he's kind of gotten a pass this last year just because of some of the issues um, that they had there, and you know, with with all of the the guys that they had go to the NFL, like, you know, there's, there's some good, some good publicity around the program. Um, but, you know, I, I have a feeling that Patterson is probably the pick because like you said, they're both kind of towards the end there, but uh, I think Patterson's going to have a harder time keeping his program up where it needs to be to keep the vultures away. I don't know that I agree with you. I think I, at this point I'm going to leave Gundy because of everything going on. And again, if you read the Thamel article, it's not just damning of Gundy and him now, but the state of the entire Oklahoma State athletic program uh, department outside of, I don't want to, I don't want to get into like the baseball team and the basketball team and those things, but as far as AD and the way the department is run and Mike Gundy, it is not a good look. Um, and, and look at it two ways. If Gundy has another bad season, if he has a, if he has a year that is disappointing, especially with all the expectations, and I understand the coronavirus is going to make this year weird and we don't know what it's going to be like, but if they have a disappointing season, even with everything that's going on, with all of this happening, you kind of have to wonder if, if there's not a, look, we're not paying you everything we owe you. We can find justification for paying you less, but let's find a, an amicable way for this to end and you can just enjoy watching Gunner be on the team for the next four years after this. Um, for Patterson, I think he could survive another a seven and five season. I, I do. I think he's he is fairly well loved there still by most people. Um, I think if the team shows progress, and again taking in the coronavirus and and it and its effect on the college football season, I could see him having a not as good as you'd like season and surviving for one more based off everything that he's done during his time at TCU so far. Like I feel like he's got at least two more seasons in him. Gundy again. Unless he can find a way to salvage what's going on, they are going to have to have a heck of a season for him to be able to, to push past this. And 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 players who leave at the end of the year need to be able to walk away going, this is definitely the Oklahoma State we, we thought it would be, not the one that it was um, this summer when all of this started. So I, I'm going to leave Gundy right now, and, and it has more to do with the things off the field, with the things on the field combined with it in the past few seasons, and, and say Patterson – because he still seems to run a pretty clean, solid program and players seem to be very happy with it, uh, I think is going to get a, a, a pass even if it's a down year. Because again, how do you justify with the, the 
financial impact of the coronavirus so far if you have a weird season going you know he's done really well he's still a pretty good coach we should get rid of him i think you have a hard time justifying that at, at tcu after this year unless it just bottoms out at like two wins well, oh yeah i mean I, I think i think really what it comes down to is if gundy sur- survives this year because and i think more for that to happen he has to you know have no more bad publicity related to this moving forward other than you know maybe some initial things kind of coming out some more details but that you know i guess the vote of confidence that he gets from the players that they seem to be giving him right now that things are changing but like if something else comes out that you know either it's gotten worse or it really hasn't had any kind of change after you know we get the season started or something like that that'll be a big problem for him Um, as long as we have the season though on on schedule and they are you know the second or third best team in the big 12 and go to a good bowl game and like have a successful season that way, I think Gundy is going to be a better long-term bet. So like, I think if Gundy leaves first, it's going to be because something happens this year and he's gone by the end of the year. If, if uh, he makes it past this year though, I think he is set up for a much better long-term stretch of another, you know, five years um, than a guy like Patterson is just because of the realities of where Patterson is, um, you know, kind of the talent that he's been able to bring in and the fact that they're essentially resetting again, after losing so much talent, I mean, you know, Duggan has made some, some real big strides, but you know, like I, I talked with Melissa Trewasser over on my podcast, doing a preview of TCU, um, you know, and, and she basically said that she doesn't know if this team's going to be two and 10 this year because everything falls apart, you know, or if they're going to be seven and five this year. And, you know, if that's the, the best that you're looking at is seven and five, like, yeah, that's enough to get to allow him another few years. But, you know, if they're, if they're four and eight this year, and then next year they're, you know, five and seven. Like, I don't think that's going to be enough for people to really feel comfortable with Patterson going forward. So, you know, if, if someone leaves this year, my, my money would be on Gundy. If someone leaves in the next two to four years um, after having made it through this year, my bet would be Patterson. Um, and then if somehow they both make it, you know, through the next five years, then I have no clue what's going on or why they haven't gotten new coaches by that point. Yeah. No, I, I think that's a good, good point. A good point to end on. Um, the, uh, the, Media preseason poll ballot went out to today in the emails. I got mine. I'm, I'm sitting here really working hard trying to figure out where to stack everybody for this season uh, since it'll be part of, of Big 12 Media Days virtual uh, 3D. I'm just going to start calling it Big 12 Media Days 3D because that sounds so much more fun than just virtual. Um, so uh, if you listen to Monday's episode, I have Kansas in last place with three wins. Um, I kind of have everything else stacked up, but man, this is a hard year to figure out. Um, so we'll talk about that some more uh, down the line. Sam Herter uh, with Hero Sports coming up right here next uh, to talk about the Big 12 versus the FCS in 2020. Uh, if you have not yet, make sure you give us a follow on Twitter at 1012podcast, T-E-N, the number 12 podcast. Give us a follow on Instagram. That's T-E-N-1-2-P-O-D, 1012pod. We had an exclusive interview with uh, Brian Ralph on Monday about Cade Cunningham's recommitment to the Oklahoma State basketball program despite the NCAA's uh, postseason ban handed down to OSU for this year. Um, had some really good information, plus the answer to could Cunningham's recommitment ha- impact the appeal. He had an – it wasn't a non-answer, but it was an interesting answer. I'll just say with that. So go check that out on our Instagram. Give us a follow on Twitter. Uh, make sure and follow Andy at Rock Chalk Pod. Check out the Rock Chalk podcast it's a great kansas show if you're a kansas fan i'm sure you listen to it already if you don't again congratulations welcome back from your coma uh, we hope you're happy and healthy sorry that you had to wake up in 2020 it's not the best maybe go back to sleep and uh yeah
Obviously, we don't want to spend the time breaking down each Big 12 versus FCS matchup. Um, not to disrespect the FCS, but I don't think most listeners want to hear about every one of those games individually. So we're going to lump them all on to one sum. And that, that's great for me because it allows me to bring on a guy who I've been excited to bring on the show, uh, Sam Herter from Hero Sports, who covers the FCS, joining us today. Sam, welcome to the 1012. Hey, thank you so much for having me. No, absolutely. Uh, I, I enjoy hearing you on, on uh, the High Motor Podcast with Andrew Dowdy. That's, that's where I found out about you and, and heard you on that show a few times. I was like, hey, that sounds like a good guy to get on here and, uh, and talk about some FCS football. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, Dowdy's a, a friend of mine, and we work together at Hero Sports, and he does a lot of great stuff covering the FBS. Uh, and then I, me and Brian McLaughlin, we do some stuff uh, covering the FCS, and there's always some of that crossover stuff. Uh, that we do with with the FBS versus FCS matchups that that'll be happening. So I want to let's let's break down the Big 12's matchups against FCS teams. Nine Big 12 teams will be playing an FCS team this year. Only one who's not is Texas. Um, in essentially alphabetical order, Baylor has Incarnate Word. Iowa State has South Dakota. Kansas will face New Hampshire. Kansas State versus North Dakota. Oklahoma will face Missouri State. Oklahoma State will face Western Illinois, TCU versus Prairie View A&M, Texas Tech versus Alabama State, and West Virginia versus Eastern Kentucky. Um, kind of looking at this, uh, the Big 12 has played some solid FCS teams in the past. I know that a few teams have, have dared to face off with North Dakota State and uh, regretted to do so. Uh, Iowa State has played Northern Iowa a few plays them fairly often as, a, as an in-state team. Those are two of the better teams in FCS. This isn't exactly a, a murderer's row, but if you look at the schedule, um, is there a team on here among the FCS opponents that kind of sticks out to say, oh, well, that's a that's a nice one? Yeah, it's not the, the sexiest of slates here. Um, and you know, I did an article uh, a few months ago looking at all 120-some, or I just listed all 120-some FCS versus FBS games uh, just as a reference point for people. Um, and, you know, I, I didn't, I didn't break it down by conference. So, you know, I asked you, I was like, you know, can you send me all the FCS versus big 12 games? And then when I got that list, I was kind of looking through them and I was like, yeah, not, you know, not, nothing really jumps off the page. Uh, a lot of these teams aren't what you would call uh, premier FCS teams. There's no North Dakota state or James Madison, Northern Iowa, no Montana teams or Eastern Washington, kind of the, the blue blood uh, FCS programs in there, uh, but there is one team, uh, one matchup that, that I'm kind of eyeballing a little bit here. That's New Hampshire. Uh, they are our preseason number 17 team. Uh, they're the only FCS team on this list that is preseason ranked by us. Uh, they're playing Kansas, uh, and obviously, I mean, Kansas is Kansas, and they've had uh, you know, some losses to FCS opponents in the 2010s. Uh, I, I think New Hampshire is, is going to have a really good defense this year. Offense has been a little shaky, but that is one game that uh, out of this bunch that I view that might, that, that, that has a potential of an upset. Yeah. You guys had them at 17. I believe Athlon has them preseason ranked at number 15. Um, so that's, look, I, I, in theory, you should beat the, FCS opponent, but this is a Kansas team that lost to an FCS team just two years ago. Um, I know this is a, a less miles is in charge, a different team, but it, we've seen Kansas lose to FCS opponents before. And we've seen ups, upsets with FCS teams that we didn't expect in the past in the big 12 as well. So it's not like we can, and you know, Kansas is Kansas at this point. I don't, I don't want to, and let's be honest here. Um, 
Well, so while that one is obviously uh, an opportunity for a letdown in the Big 12, are there any other matchups you look at that you think could be at least interesting, maybe even if it's just for half or just because of some, some potential storylines? Yeah, uh, another one, too, is uh, Missouri State going to Oklahoma. Now I'm by, you know, no stretch of the imagination uh, picking an upset here or anything <laughs> like that. But, I mean, Missouri State, they've been at the bottom of the, the Missouri Valley Football Conference, which is the best FCS conference. Um, and, you know, so they've had their, their struggles, and they, you know, brought on a splash hire, uh, hiring Bobby Petrino, uh, who's, you know, obviously well-known uh, throughout the entire, you know, FBS and college football in general. Um, he has a lot of work to do, uh, you know, just to get that talent up to par. Uh, but he did, he is kind of filling some holes with some transfers, and he did bring in a, a quarterback by the name of Jaden Johnson, who was a former four-star recruit. Uh, he redshirted last year um, with his first year in the program at Southern Miss. Uh, so that could be one game where, you know, no one's thinking much of that. You know, you know we, we get a handful of these games every year where no one is thinking much of the matchup. And all of a sudden you look at the score after the first quarter and it's, you know, it's 21-17. And, you know, Missouri State's only trailing Oklahoma by four points heading into the second quarter. And everyone's kind of going, wow, you know, what's going on here? And then, you know, Oklahoma wakes up and kind of goes, all right, you know, enough is enough and pulls away with things. But that could be one game. Uh, where it's interesting for a quarter and a half and, you know, kind of piques, you know, people's interest, but they turn it on and, and see Bobby Petrino as the head coach at Missouri State and, and kind of just going, whoa, whoa, what, what is going on here uh, before the Sooners uh, pull away? But that, that, that has, you know, some intrigue as far as storylines going into that game. So, uh, you know, I, I used to be a big um, opponent of these games. I wasn't a fan of SCF's games. You know, you, you got to pay your normal ticket price or they're, they're not cheaper. It's It's obviously... You know, to me, from an FBS point, if you lose to them, you're going to get ridiculed forever. If you beat them, congratulations, move on to the next week. Um, but I, I've started really coming around on these games in part for financial reasons. You know, I I wrote about this not uh, probably about a year or so ago. But you know, you look at the cost to schedule a lot of these one-off games against group of five teams. Um, if you schedule a, an FCS team, you could pay anywhere from five hundred, maybe seven hundred fifty thousand dollars. If you're screwed scheduling games, these you know buy games against group of five teams, you're going to pay north of a million dollars. Like these are getting very, very expensive. If you're not an athletic department whose budget is just overflowing with riches, you know, that's a, that's a lot of money to pay. So these make financially um, a lot of sense. And obviously for FCS teams, financially, this is a, this is a big windfall for them. So a lot of guaranteed money for, for athletic departments. They probably don't bring in a ton, um, but I'm curious beyond the money, um, from the FCS side, you know, you see all these FCS schools scheduling FBS programs. What other benefits are there for the FCS schools to put these on their schedule? I mean, for the most part, it is uh, a payday. It is a pay game, uh, a money game for FCS uh, programs, uh, just because, I mean, at the FBS level, you obviously you have athletic department budgets you know, $50 million and up all the way up to, you know, $100 million, you know, just a ridiculous amount of money. On average, I would say if you're in the in the 20 million for an athletic budget at the FCS level, you're doing well. You know, a lot of these athletic departments operate on a 10 to 12 million dollar budget. So, you know, a lot of FCS schools they schedule two FBS games and get a combined payout of you know one million dollars, 1.2 million dollars, just because they need that money to you know cover travel costs and you know just the overall operating costs of that football uh, team because there aren't a, a ton of, of 
FCS teams out there that bring in money to their athletic department. There's, you know, most FCS teams actually lose money. Uh, you know, just, it's not a, it's not a revenue sport uh, for a lot of these FCS programs. So that is a big part of it is the payday. Uh, but outside of that, I mean, obviously it's a, it's, it's a, it's a challenge to the players and to the program. Uh, I mean, programs like NDSU and James Madison, they don't really need that money. They don't need that payday because, you know, their ticket revenue is just fine and all that, but it is kind of a measuring stick for them. I mean, like North Dakota States, I mean, NDSU is by far and away the favorite to win the national champion, the FCS national championship this year. And it's kind of just become second nature to NDSU to win the FCS national championship. But, you know, when you have Oregon on your schedule, it's kind of a measuring stick of, okay, how good are we really in the entire landscape of the FCS? So there's that. Uh, it's also big for individual players. A lot of these guys were maybe overlooked coming out of high school because they're an inch too small or, you know, they they didn't – they have a smaller frame or they didn't fit their frame uh, very well in high school. And, you know, this is their chance to, to prove to some FBS opponents that, you know, they were overlooked. And for the next level, too, I mean, the FCS sends uh, a lot of guys to the NFL. And the first tape that scouts turn on for FCS prospects is what they did against FBS opponents. So, you know, outside of the money, uh, which is, you know, a big, big reason why, uh, there are some, some other benefits for FBS team, for, uh, excuse me, for FCS teams uh, and their players as well. So I'm curious, you know, you, you cover FCS, you'll be watching quite a few games. Is there a game on this schedule that you feel like you're going to probably tune into? Uh, yeah, you know, I, I probably will tune into, um, I'm, that Kansas, New Hampshire game. I'll tune into that one just because I feel that one does have potential, uh, to be an FCS versus FBS upset. You know, I, I might tune into that Missouri state Oklahoma game, uh, just to see what, what this new look Missouri state team, uh, what, what they look like. Another game too, that I'm interested in is, uh, UND going to Kansas state. Uh, UND is kind of near my neck of the woods. I live in the Minneapolis area. Um, and you know, they're, they're, it's just their first year transitioning to the Missouri Valley Football Conference. They made the playoffs last year, have to replace a lot. Uh, so I'm kind of just interested to see how they match up with Kansas State. And then you also have the, the fact that, uh, I mean, obviously, uh, Chris Kleiman is at, is at Kansas State now. He's the former North Dakota State head coach, uh, brought on, brought along a, a lot of assistance with them. Uh, North Dakota State, UND, they're not, you know, I mean, they, they still are rivals, not as fierce as they once were, but there still is that, you know, you know, Chris Kleiman and the staff versus UND, uh, FCS element to it as well. So I'll, I'll probably be tuning into that one as well. Sam, you have been awesome. I really appreciate you uh, joining us this evening and donating some of your time. Uh, for everybody who's interested in checking out the work you do covering the FCS, I, I, I know I am just a fan of football, so I, I will, when the FCS playoffs are on, I'll be honest, I will turn them on. I It's football, and it's it's so interesting just to see, you know, you take a lot of the, I don't know, the, the politics and stuff out of it, it feels like, and it's so much more just football than I think even the FBS level is sometimes. Um, so it's it's fun, and I enjoy, I enjoy the coverage. So I'm, I'm curious, for everybody who else wants to uh, check out some FCS coverage, where can they do so? Uh, yeah, my Twitter handle is SamHerderFCS, and then our website is Herosports.com. Uh, we have a lot of FCS stuff on there, but like you mentioned earlier, uh, Andrew Dowdy, he has plenty of FBS coverage on there as well at Herosports.com. Sam, thanks again, and hopefully we uh, we have a season, and it's it's one that we can all enjoy, man. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, I hope we do have some of these football games uh, happening as well, and uh, thank you once again for having me on the show.
Sports Social Podcast Network.